Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It is Wednesday morning, May the 18th, 2022, 9.30 a.m. West Coast time. Let's talk about Game 2 of the Miami Heat against the Boston Celtics. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, I expect a very hotly contested Game 2. Miami, of course, took control of Game 1 in the second half. That's what happens when you're playing an opponent who is tired on a quick turnaround after a Game 7 in an emotional series against a defending champion. Right? So Miami, the situation favored Miami. Now, while I consider Game 2 to be a lower scoring affair than Game 1, right? That's how I see it. I notice the over-under line is low. 208. In other words, the casino has drained value out of the swamp. Also, keep in mind that there was another dynamic. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, did not play in Game 1. If he's not badly injured, he'll be fresh in Game 2. Also, Al Herford did not play in Game 1. There's a chance he might miss Game 2. Understand it's Wednesday right now. Right, May 18th, later breaking news, obviously, will clarify that situation. Right now it's cloudy. Let's talk about the 208. I like the over 208. I thought I would take the under for game two, but they've already dropped the number so low that I'm taking the over, the 208 over under number that's currently posted. Let's talk about why. During the regular season, the Miami Heat averaged 110 points a game. During the regular season, the Boston Celtics averaged just a smidge under 112 points a game. They averaged 111.8 points a game. You add those two together, you get 221.8 points. Now, there's going to be some variance, I would imagine, that the point total is going to drop by at least 10 points for Game 2. But since Boston's going to be weakened with the Marcus Smart injury, with the fact that his minutes might be limited, and with possibly the absence of Al Herford, right? I think the 208 is simply too low. Let's also talk about the plus minuses. I know Jimmy Butler had a big game. But understand, Miami had four guys. Four guys with plus minuses of 12 or better. Four. 
So that means there are different configurations of the Miami Heat that are effective on the court. That's what that tells me. Now, by contrast, it might surprise some people that the Celtics, who again averaged 111.8 points per game during the regular season, had no players with even a plus 10, plus minus. Look at the box score. Right? Some of the guys on Miami had huge plus minuses. Jimmy Butler, plus 25. Right? Gabe Vincent, plus 23. So that tells me that even though the Boston Celtic defense looked good in the first half of game one, even though Robert Williams played more than 28 minutes, and let's be clear here, forget what the announcers are saying. What I want you to do is to look at the player efficiency ratings of the players. Right? Understand, for the analytical crowd, Robert Williams III has been a revelation for the last few years. Look at his numbers from last year, folks. Right? Understand, for this last season, he had a higher player efficiency rating than Jason Tatum. Right? Not surprisingly, Yesterday, he's the Boston Celtic with, I believe, the highest plus-minus. In other words, an argument can be made that of all the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, of all of them, the most important player is Robert Williams. You've heard me refer to him in the past. They're effective with him on the court. That's when the Celtics generate a plus. But understand, he is on a minutes restriction. Also, Williams has never been, and I'm talking about Boston Center, Williams has never been a 40-minute-a-game player, right? Just understand that. He's coming off surgery to his meniscus. So I get the feeling for this series... Right, The effort he put out in game one is really the best effort that you can expect from Robert Williams. Right, Again, this is a guy with a player efficiency rating in the 20s, folks. In the 20s. Right? He played excellently yesterday. Celtics fell apart in the second half. So, let's throw out two bets. Two bets for game two, right? The first is I like the over 208. I believe 208 is just too low a number for game two. It might be the right number, depending on what happens later in this series when teams are in a do-or-die situation. But it's not the right number now. Right? The teams haven't fully figured out each other because, of course, Boston hasn't had 
their full team on the court yet. So I like the over 208 for game two. I also like the Miami Heat on a money line. Right now, that's a minus 170. Right? But when I see four guys with a plus minus over 10 in a game that Boston dominated in the first half, right? That tells me that there are certain structural advantages right now that are flowing Miami's way. Let me make this even scarier. Understand one of Miami's big stars is Bam Adebayo, right? Understand he did not have a big game, game one. He's not one of the four guys who have a, you know, plus 10 or higher on the Miami Heat. Right? You have to figure that over time. Now, granted, he was dealing with Robert Williams, one of the NBA's most underrated players. So Bam's numbers were soft. But over time, you have to imagine that as Jimmy Butler reverts to the mean, right? Butler can't continue to have the kind of game that he had game one, which was spectacular. But as Butler reverts to his mean, Understand, Bam is probably going to have better games than he had in game one. I think the Miami Heat take a 2-0 lead over the Boston Celtics in their series. I like the over in game two, right? There's a distinct possibility that Boston might be saving themselves Right? Resting people like Marcus Smart for Game 3 in Boston. But let's be clear here. If Miami wins the first two games of this series, you need to start thinking of futures bets and matchups for Miami in the NBA Finals. I'm not saying that if Miami wins the first two games of this series, they necessarily win the series. Right? Keep in mind, last year in the NBA Finals, Phoenix was up 2-0 on Milwaukee. But what I am saying is, if Boston goes down 0-2, then Game 3 becomes existentialist. Right? If Boston loses Game 3... Then the series is over. Game four becomes existentialist. Because Boston couldn't lose game four, be down three games to one, and expect to come back in a series where Miami would have two home games in the last three. So I'm expecting the Miami Heat to win game two. That's going to have consequences and repercussions for my future strategy for the NBA Finals. Right? Let me also say, too, that players like Victor Oladipo had subdued game ones. Right? As good as the Miami Heat looked in the second half. Just understand, Bam was below his averages. 
and Victor Oladipo was below his averages. And even with that reality, four guys on the Miami Heat had plus minuses of 10 or more. Right? That doesn't bode well for the Boston Celtics. That's how I see it, the two plays over the 208, right? I expect that over-under number to rise a little bit, right? So, you know, the gamblers who like to get bargains, I would take the over 208 right here. I think it's more likely to go to 209 than it is to go to 207. And, of course, on a money line, I like the Miami Heat in game two. Not on the point spread, but on a money line, right? Let's be conservative since these are the playoffs and all these teams care about at this point is simply winning the game, not covering a point spread. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I do expect game two to be lower scoring than game one. I look forward to your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. My YouTube account is Dwyer70905, and I'll put this in podcast form so people can listen to it on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, right? And, of course, you could always go to DwyerBoxingNews.com to listen to the podcast format. Thanks for stopping by.